Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for the first episode of The Financial Commute. I'm Chris Galeski, your host. We're so excited to talk to you about what's going on in the world, how it affects you, and what you can do about it. For our first guest, we have Wealth Advisor, CFP, and MBA, Mike Rudeau. Mike, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Some of the things that we're going to talk about today is fears of a recession, volatility in the markets, and inflation. You know, it's been an interesting year so far in 2022. Really nowhere for people to hide when it comes to investments. U.S. stocks down around 9.5%, international stocks around 14 and even most fixed income down, you know, mid to high single digits, somewhere around 6%. So when we're talking about this, there's really nowhere for, for clients to hide. Investments have been pretty volatile after a very long run of just relatively easy returns. But there's a lot of talk about recession coming up. Like, I'd love your thoughts on on how to handle that, what's going on, and, and what clients can do when it comes to inflation, recession, and interest rates. So yeah. let's start with recession. Well, I think when we're talking to clients about recession, it's it's easy to get trapped into talking about technicalities, right? Uh, with the yield curve inversion or with two consecutive quarters of um, the economy pulling back, right? Um I don't think that's the right conversation to have, at least initially. It's, a, it's good education to, to run through how uh, a recession could affect those things and how those could be either leading indicators or lagging indicators of a recession. But I think the most important conversation to have in the beginning is the importance of a financial plan, right? When we first sit down with a new client, what's the first thing that we do? Run a financial plan. I, I take them downstairs and take them to the bar and then I bring them upstairs and we start to talk. But after we've had a drink, we start financial planning, right? Um, we get to an understanding of, of what wealth means to them. We talk about what their risk tolerance is, what their risk ability is, understanding their time horizon, right? And then once we understand where their strengths and weaknesses are, we start to develop a financial plan. And once the financial plan is put in place, then we, we start to allocate to their portfolio. We build an investment portfolio that's resilient based on their needs. Right. So when we're talking about a recession and interest rates rising and high inflation, well, we've already built a portfolio that should be resilient to that based on all of the factors that we just talked about. So even if we enter a recession, it shouldn't be the case where now we have to make all of these decisions and scramble. Because when you talk about building out a plan, the plan already has the notion that there's going to be a recession at some point every six or seven years. Through an economic cycle, the U.S. experiences a recession. So I think it's important that we go back to the plan and why we put in all this work and then educate on, you know, the little things that we can do when a recession comes, maybe when the right time to rebalance is or maybe veering towards quality as opposed to growth. And and those conversations are good, but I, I think it's more important just to pull it back to the plan. Yeah, look, having a financial plan is sort of the core of of that should drive everybody's sort of investment decisions and hopefully something that people can fall back on to give them confidence that they're on the right path. But it's really easy to be reactive around headlines, you know, and most people have a tendency to hear the word recession and reflect back on the last one that they've experienced, which was 2008, um, global financial crisis, but not all recessions are the same. We have to remember that. Um, If we're investing for the next 10, 20, 30, or even 40 years, we're likely to run into a number of different economic cycles. I think this one just caught a lot of people by surprise. If we were to open up the doors and look back to our investment philosophy here at Morton, 
we we've been preparing for some of this volatility or even inflation or higher interest rates for quite some time. So some would say that we might have been a little bit early in terms of helping protect our clients. But what are some things that you think besides doing a financial plan to serve at the core of the decisions people make? What are some other things that people should do to prepare themselves for a potential recession? Well, I think people should understand how a recession is going to impact them personally. Right. So a recession could cause market volatility, right? And like we're talking about, not just stocks are impacted, but bonds. So you're, the safe part of a traditional portfolio is now being impacted. But how is it affecting your day-to-day -day life? If, if there is a recession, is your job at risk, right? Is your company one of those high-flying companies that doesn't have a solid foundation where they might have to do layoffs, right? How is that going to impact you? And do we have a plan where we have enough cash on the sideline to support your needs if that were to happen? Right. Um, in a high inflation environment, what's that going to do to your expenditures? Right. Uh, do you have a, a fixed mortgage? And if you do, that's not going to be high impact. Right. Do you own your car and, and pretty much have some longevity to it? Well, then the, the rising price of automobiles isn't going to have an impact on you. How is your commute to work? Can you carpool? Starting to, to think about the impact of inflation and the impact of, of a possible recession um, on your individual life and then planning accordingly. So I think it's it's there's no general answer to it. I think you really just have to sit down with your clients and and understand their life and understand how it's going to impact them and then continue to to work on the plan to to ride the waves that that we're going through. I think you brought up some really good points in terms of a recession or inflation affects us all differently. Like if my house is paid off or if I have a fixed rate mortgage, my inflation rate might not be 9% because I've either paid off my house or, you know, my costs are, are staying the same. Yeah. And then a re uh, recession, that affects us all differently depending on the industry or how we're impacted. So the amount of emergency fund or a buffer in savings, because if we're already retired, that might look very different than somebody still in the accumulation phase having to worry about, you know, paying for college or buy homes or do other things. So really understanding that a recession and inflation impacts us all very differently, and we should all be making very different decisions on on what to do about it. Is that is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, I think. Look, when when it comes to either a recession or the impact of inflation, I think it it comes down to uh, an individualized approach, right? We have to make decisions that work best for us in our lifestyles. Um, when you look at investments, right. Um, the best way to, to, to invest in a, in a um, environment that's possibly going to be um, a recession would be just to make sure that you're up in quality, right? Um, that means quality stocks that are dividend payers, right? They've got a solid balance sheet. They're not over leveraged. Um, with bonds, you want to keep it short duration, right? The, the longer the duration with interest rates rising, the, the higher the impact, right? So if you have a 30-year bond, and, and interest rates rise 1%, that bond's going to be down 30%. If you've got a 10-year bond and it rises 1%, you're going to be down 10%. So the shorter duration, the less volatility in that type of environment. But making decisions to clean up the portfolio, right, to, to try to decrease the impact of, of the environment. Um, but yeah, I think what I'm trying to get to is just there's no one right answer for any for any one person, right? You have to really dig into it and see see what um, what their situation is and make decisions accordingly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that the dollar value that we see on a statement that's something personal to all of us, right? It, 
it helps us have confidence that we can, you know, do those things, those goals that we want to accomplish, whether it's take vacations or help pay for grandkids education. Um, everybody needs to be making a, a different decision based off of them. But obviously, when it comes to investing, I like to think about like the bucket approach. We've got a little bit of money set aside to where if something were to happen, we're going to be able to live our life comfortably for a certain period of time to weather a storm. Then we've got that middle bucket that's designed to generate income so that way we can continue to live our lives. And depending on interest rates and volatility, that could go up and down. And then we've got that longer term bucket, that 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 growth bucket that's geared towards sort of combating higher inflation and some of those goals that you have down the road. Like stocks, for example, I think those are 10 year plus investments. They, they should not be reactive towards daily market volatility. What are your thoughts to some clients saying, you know, hey, I've got cash on the sidelines, but I don't really want to invest at the top of the market. And right now you got stocks, you know, a little bit down from all time highs, but real estate pretty expensive. Valuations just are expensive in almost every asset class. What would you tell clients that have cash sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to do with it? Right. I think when you have cash on the sideline and the goal for that cash is to work for you, mm -hmm. And you already have enough cash in a, you know, an emergency account. So you've got enough cash to be comfortable with the next six to 12 months in case something happens. I think the, the rule of thumb is time in the market, not timing the market. I think if you have cash to be put to work, put it to work towards the strategy that you've already built out. If you have, you know, a low volatility, a low volatility strategy where, you know, we've got a lot of private lending, a lot of um, traditional and, and tactical fixed income. Um, Adding to those pieces that we see um, the most opportunity and based on the macroeconomic environment, whether we might be buying in the middle of a, a rebound and it might pull back a little bit more, that's timing the market. And that that's you never win doing that. If you've got cash to put to work and and that's what it's there for, then I mean my recommendation always to the clients is put it to work. Yeah. I love that advice in terms of it's more important to have time in the market versus timing the market, which is extremely difficult to do. Um, in years like this year where there's a lot of volatility, people are worried about the impact long term. It's easy to go back to the late 70s, early 80s, where inflation was, you know, in the headlines similar to today. It's not quite as bad today. But, you know, looking back, the highest marginal tax rate was 70 percent back then. Today, it's at like 37 so taxes are a lot lower today than they were back in the 70s. There was a lot of government reform and you know tax incentives to build out industries to, so that way we can be more dependent as an economy when it comes to energy. Um, I think one of the fears that I have is that we don't really have the answers to solve this crisis because it's a lot different. You know, tax rates are already low. We already have a lot of infrastructure, although. A new bill was recently passed to be more focused on, you know, more energy and, and sustainable energy initiatives. Um, but what are your thoughts about how we get out of a potential recession that, that is caused by inflation now? Well, I think a potential recession will look different than recessions in the past, right? Because of where the consumer's at. Um, when you look at the average consumer right now, it's a healthy consumer, yeah. right? Um, they've got solid savings accounts, they've got solid credit scores. Um, they might be focusing right now on saving more than spending, which is causing, you know, a pullback in, in, in growth in the economy. 
Um, but it will also cause a quicker rebound because once they have confidence in, in the economy and, and they see inflation starting to come back down because the price of energy is coming, starting to come back, the housing market starting to stabilize a bit, you know, all of these things that we don't necessarily have the power um, to, to control ourselves um, will naturally start to come back. And as the consumer gains more confidence, I feel like um, the recession will be will be short lived, different than a than a normal recession. So, um, I think just like you were saying earlier, every recession has been different. There's been a different cause. There's been um, different ways to combat it. Unfortunately, right now in the recession that we're in, Fed's raising interest rates and you know um, unloading their balance sheet isn't going to be enough um, because that's not what's really driving inflation, which is then in turn possibly causing a recession. Yeah. So I think it's it's being patient as a as a consumer and understanding that this is a different environment and understanding that once it starts to pull back, the consumer's in a good place for the economy to rebound and rebound quickly. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because the consumer is much healthier in terms of their balance sheet or assets or savings today than it was back in 2007, 2008 where it was basically a, a credit crisis. They were doing a lot of those ninja loans. No no income, no job, no assets, but here's a loan, right? right. Whereas today the consumer is, is a lot healthier. And so we're not likely to experience a recession even close to what we saw in 2008, um, 2009 today. So with that, assuming people get more confidence and we can weather this storm, is there anything that people should be looking at now that asset prices have come down? Things like Roth conversions or reevaluating their estate plan, or if they're feeling uneasy, you know, reaching out to their advisor and wanting to re redo their financial plan. Like, how would you prioritize some of those things? Well, I think the first step is reaching out to the financial advisor, right? I think it's important. We we spend so much time developing a plan, but the plan's only as good as its last visit, essentially. We, we got to make sure that we're, we're keeping up with our plan and we're doing the right things and we're making the, the right changes in small increments so that it's not three, four years down the road where we see, okay, we fell off a plan. Now we have to make large changes that could be impactful to clean it up. So I think co consistently meeting with a financial advisor, consistently you know, sitting down with your estate planning attorney when you need to because things have changed in life. Maybe you've had kids or grandkids or whatever it be, but... But being diligent in, in keeping up with all aspects of your financial plan. Um, I don't know. What other things do you think would be a priority in that? You know, as you mentioned, the, the consumer is a lot healthier today than they were back during the last recession that we remember in 2008, 2009. And there's, been, there's a lot of money out there in the world. And it's been interesting the last, call it, call it 10 to 15 years, where interest rates have been held at zero. So people have forced to kind of go out in the risk spectrum to invest to get a return. So they've gone away from cash and bonds to more into stocks and real estate and other types of growth things. Obviously, with inflation, higher costs, margins and companies are going to shrink. So that means the valuation of that business is going to be lower today than it was back in January. Um, I think right now is a great time to be looking at what your goals are for your money. What is it that you'd want to accomplish, not only while you're alive, but for your kids with tax rates as low as they are and as much as the government you know, has in terms of a deficit? It'd be important to look at your estate plan, look at your financial plan, model in some you know, Roth conversion strategies or really making sure that you're taking the right steps to to, to protect yourself. 
because valuations have gotten so expensive. So I think it's it's common for people to just invest and let it let it ride, and they don't want to sell winners. But there there there's a very good chance. At least I've seen it a lot um, on client statements. They're taking on a lot more risk than they're aware of today, and this volatility this year has caused them to react and go, "Wow, I don't want to be exposed." So I want a second opinion or I want a review or I want to take a look at this. And so that's what I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with that. And I think when you see these, these volatile swings in the market uh, after 10 years of consistent growth, it, it kind of gets a lot of people to sit back and be like, okay, maybe investing is not as easy as I thought it was. Because you could throw uh, a dart at a board full of stocks and whatever it hit, that was going to be a winner over the last right. 10 years. But now it's going to take some work, right? It's going to take some planning um, and understanding that expectations moving forward coming out of an environment like this is going to be different with the expected returns for stocks and um, the expected returns for even the traditional fixed income. Yeah. So I think it's important to when you're sitting down and developing that financial plan to understand that those aren't your only two opportunities to invest, yeah. right? There's a lot of different ways you can diversify. And, and one of the ways you mentioned was private lending and there's structured credit and there's private real estate and private equity. And there's a lot of different types of investments that we can get into to help diversify a portfolio. So we're not riding the volatility of the public market. Yeah. And I think now is a good opportunity for, for those who have never really looked into those types of investments because there was no reason to for them before because they were making good money yeah. on public investments. Well, now's a good chance to say, okay, well, hey, if this is what the public market's going to do and, and I, I want something that's not correlated to that, what are other types of vehicles I can get into to, to help stabilize returns and generate more returns? Right? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, the, the risk management aspect is not only the risk that we're taking on, but are we getting paid for, for right. taking that risk? making sure that we have investments that are truly diversified. I mean, right now, stocks and bonds are so highly correlated that people really have to work hard to find true diversification. And then, you know, our other third point of our philosophy is cash flow, like finding investments that pay us along the way. It tells us the true health of that investment, because if, if, if income or cash flows increase, the, those investments are getting healthier. If they're decreasing, they're, they're becoming less healthy. Um, and not just relying on appreciation to get your growth. Yeah. And I think on, on that respect, when you have cash flow, you have power. Right. Right. If you're getting cash and that's building up in a cash pile, now you have the ability to put that into a new investment yeah. as opposed to, you know, a stock appreciating. Well, if a stock grows from $10 a share to $12 a share, you're still only invested in that stock. So I think, yeah, when we look at risk management and true diversification and cash flow, that cash flow component really leaves us in charge of our investment portfolio and allows us to continue to to look at the landscape and see what a good opportunity is in this moment and, and invest in that without having to make a lot of changes in, in things that we've already invested in. So. so the key takeaway is obviously recession, market volatility, inflation, interest rates, it all affects us differently. And so we need to be looking at our own financial plan and how it affects us towards the goals that we want to have. There are definitely some things that we need to consider looking into when we're running that, the, whether we're saving enough for retirement, whether we're healthy enough to continue to take those vacations or, yeah. you know, fund grandkids, college education accounts, whatever that may be. All of this is personal to us. And then if we're investing, you mentioned that in terms of bonds, we want higher quality, less duration. In terms of stocks, you want 
higher quality, which means more dividend paying companies, probably larger companies. Uh, if we were to go into a recession, those types of companies tend to do better, whether it's consumer staples or healthcare or energy. Um, and then, you know, just making sure that, that we're not being reactive to what's going on in the market. Um, and it wouldn't hurt to have enough of a, a savings buffer to kind of get us through any storm. Right. And I, and I think it's important to understand, too, that in an environment like this, everyone needs to make some sacrifices, mm -hmm. right? We need to change our lifestyles a little bit to, to get through these times. And that's OK, yeah. right? It's, it's one of those things where understanding where you can make the sacrifices that are going to least impact your life. Uh, and that all happens through planning, through understanding your income and through understanding your expenses and through understanding what your investment portfolio is doing for you. Once you have a clear picture of that, then you you can know where you can start to make little sacrifices and you know stop going out to dinner twice a week. Maybe only make it once a week or once a month, yeah. right? Maybe carpooling to to certain things to save on gas. But it's okay to make sacrifices. But the goal is just to get such a, a clear understanding of what your personal finances are that you know where the the right sacrifices are to make, and you can limit those sacrifices and limit the impact that it has on your life. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mike. In the future, we're going to have conversation about bonds and why they go up or down in value. We're going to talk about, you know, the purpose of a financial plan and the budgeting aspect, you know, um, not looking at it in terms of what do I need to cut, but, you know, what do I want my lifestyle to look like? And so more of a spending plan type of attitude and some of the other topics that you brought up today. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me.